something I want to talk to you about today is my heart. I just had my semi-annual heart transplant checkup with my medical team here in Nashville. They are incredibly intelligent and do such a fantastic job helping so many people with their donor hearts and monitoring and managing the care. Now, because I was born with only half a heart or a single functioning ventricle, I've been in and out of the hospital my entire life. And this is something I want to talk about is so many of us as patients, we go into a hospital or into a clinic and we, you know, we're seen and then we have to fill out paperwork and we don't always read the small print. We just sign it and we put ourselves into the system and we trust the system and we move forward and try to get well. And in my case, so much of my life, it was doing that and the doctors knew how to help me. There were times where they did not fully understand what to do. There wasn't enough knowledge. So they would research and they would reach out to other people in the industry to know what to do. Then there came a point where I was in severe heart failure. And I had two options. I could go into the children's hospital where the experts were that had been dealing with congenital heart disease and transplanting people like me with congenital heart disease, or I would go into the adult hospital. The reason they were saying go to the adult hospital is because I was an adult. I'm too old. I can't be in a hospital full of children. Now, look, I'm the biggest baby in the world, but the bottom line was being in a children's hospital would have been revolutionary. And yet there wasn't enough knowledge about congenital heart disease in a normal cardiac cardiology program at an adult hospital because very few of us had survived. Now, even though it's the number one leading cause of infant-related deaths, so many of us are surviving that they're trying to figure out a way to get the adults who have survived taken care of. Well, I was one of these cases and we had to work it. We were very involved trying to figure out what to do. And we talked to both hospitals and fortunately they listened to us. This is not always the case. We had to deal with the insurance. Would the insurance cover this hospital? Would it cover cover that hospital? A lot of stress while I was in heart failure, while I could have easily slipped away and passed away. I was blessed because we took control. We made those good decisions and the doctors worked with us and we were able to go into the children's hospital where I underwent my procedure. Now I was in the hospital a very long time. I waited 385 days. And during that period, I was in for months and months. And finally, the miracle, I received a heart transplant. Thank you to my amazing donor who I think about all the time. And I often feel like he is always with me. His heart is beating in my chest. Well, I went for my semi-annual and I went over to the hospital and I went inside and I noticed the number of people waiting to get a CAT scan. 
and they're signing these forms and then they're just going in and getting it done. But I wondered how many of us do have a full understanding of what we're doing and what we're receiving. And today I wanted to know, like over the years, I've learned that x-rays and CAT scans give off radiation and they've said, well, it's not really going to affect you, but I wanted to know like the extent of what, and this is some of the information that I discovered. And I think it might be helpful knowing this stuff because there are times where doctors will prescribe us things or have us do procedures that we might not need. Now, if they have fully understood your case and this is routine, this is what I'm talking about. You may not need to go and do this and you could explain why. And here's one of the reasons why I've started to think, well, do I need the x-ray? Do I need the CAT scan? You know, I'm 12 years out, which is a miracle of having a heart transplant. And my doctors are like, your, your heart's not going to be rejected, but you are exposed because you have a low immune system to cancer, to diabetes, to all these other things. And I'm going to be 50 years old next year. So I want to talk about the x-ray. I didn't know if you knew this, but a single chest x-ray exposes a patient to about 0.1 MSV, okay? This is about the same amount of radiation people are exposed to naturally over the course of 10 days. So getting an x-ray, I would go in and get 0.1, but that's equivalent to just 10 days going by with the sunshine. That is interesting. You know, and when I was in the final stage of heart failure, I was living in the hospital, hoping the donor heart would become available. I was taken to x-ray every morning. Or if I was not feeling well, the x-ray machine would come to me. And over the course of two months, I think I received a minimum of, let's say, 40 x-rays. So again, the radiation level my body was exposed to over two months would have naturally occurred to anybody just living their normal life in the span of two years. You see what I'm talking about? It speeds up this process of being exposed to things I shouldn't be exposed to. And yet it's a catch 22 because they need to know what's inside my body in order to help me. Do I need to be concerned about this? Do you need to be concerned about it? Well, I, I did some further research and again, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not an expert. I'm just, uh, I'm a patient. These are things I learned. According to the Department of Radiology and Biomedical Imaging at the University of California at San Francisco, they say when X-ray radiation is absorbed within our bodies, it can damage molecular structures and potentially cause harm. Very high doses of radiation cause damage to human cells as evidenced by skin burns, loss of hair, and increased incidence of cancer. So, you know, when you guys are out in the sun and you're baking, you're trying to get your tan, some of us get sunburns. That's a direct result of that radiation. Our hair may thin. That's a direct result of, of radiation. Now, it's good to be out in the sunshine. It truly, truly is. But getting an x-ray speeds up the process. You do need all that vitamin D that comes from the sun. It's very important to do it. Um, but there's other cancers that we're exposed to with our body. In fact, I'm going to have my wife 
come on the podcast at some point to talk about beauty products and how women are absorbing uh, almost five tubes of lipstick every year by just licking the product. The product happens to have all these toxics that, that and toxins and are cancerous. And uh, we're being exposed to these things without even really knowing it. I did a quick search on Google and the NHS or the United Kingdom National Health Service says being exposed to x-rays does carry a risk of causing cancer many years or decades later. So they're pushing it off into the future. Don't worry about it. But this risk is thought to be very small. They say, for example, an x-ray of your chest, limbs, or teeth, you know, you go to the dentist, they give you that x-ray, is equivalent to a few days worth of background radiation and has less than one in a million chance of causing cancer. But again, I had it consistently like every day for two months and every year I'm getting x-rays, I'm being exposed to this. And so it's speeding up that process. And I have to be very cautious and very careful because do I want the doctor to do it this year, that year? Is there a way to, you know, not do it in order to not be as exposed? So it's interesting that some are suggesting, you know, it's not good and others are kind of downplaying it, that it's going to affect you later and not to worry about it. No big deal. You know, so again, why am I talking about this? Because having battled congenital heart disease my entire life, I learned that there are standard procedures in medicine that might not always be necessary for your own situation. There is a system in place that's dedicated to helping us with the best knowledge and practice that's been approved into the marketplace by the federal government. And it's vital that we understand our health and take control over our health so we, you know, can effectively communicate with those who work with us and are trying to heal our bodies. We pay these people to do this. We want help. We want to get better. We want to improve. We want to have a happy life. But always ask yourself if this procedure is important to discovering a solution, or is it a standard procedure that the doctor really doesn't need that you could talk about maybe not do. I want to talk about the CT scan because this is more advanced than the x-ray. The CT scan is something you lay down in and it puts your body in this and it's used to find um, certain types of cancer and that are certain types of cancer, broken bones, heart disease, blood clots, you know, bowel disorders, brain and spinal cord diseases or injuries, internal bleeding. So it's more advanced. It's 3D imaging. They can see the tissues. They can see the bones. They can see all these things. And it's painless. The only pain that you have is they put an IV into your vein and they shoot a dye in. They don't always do that. But when they shoot the, the contrast in, they're able to lighten things up a little bit and see flow. Like for, the, for my situation, they're trying to look at my aortic valve. And the reason being is because when I was born, I had transposition of the greater arteries. So my heart was kind of like it was in backwards. And when they took my damaged, diseased heart that had died out of my body, they replaced it with this beautiful, wonderful, healthy donor heart. 
my superior vena cava, which is a, the, the support of the heart, was still intact. So I still have a piece of my old heart in. And they put the other heart and they attached it, but they had to twist it, giving me an aortic arch. I didn't have an aorta before. And so I have this aortic arch. So if you ever seen a, a hose, you know, a water hose that's twisted a little bit, that would be my aortic arch. Now to the congenital heart disease team, that's the least of our worries. But to these cardiologists, bless their hearts, uh, that is a very big concern because blood is flowing through this twisted valve. And, you know, it's like a kinked hose. You want the flow to go well. And over time, there could be clots, which lead to stroke. These are things I have to worry about. And uh, there are days where I don't even think about it. So um, the CT scan is interesting. Now, here's what's, they don't really, it's in the small print, is that there is a risk to cancer. Uh, the radiation that comes from getting a CT scan compared to an X-ray, CT scan puts off one to 10 MSV. Do you remember how an X-ray only gives off 0.1? which is equivalent to you 10 days without an X-ray naturally being exposed to what is in our atmosphere. Well, for a CT scan, it's one to 10, but here's the thing that blows my mind. And this is the thing that was a little discouraging when I read it is that the range is not much less than the lowest doses of five to 20 MSV received by some of the Japanese survivors of the atomic bombs. So even though the CT scans, they say are not going to hurt you immediately, long-term, the more you have, and I have to have those annually, they start to affect you. Now you're probably asking, what is MSV? So it's how you measure the levels of ionizing radiation in the human body, okay? One SV is equal to 100 CGS. And obviously, if you're in medicine, you have to study all of these things. And so when you have a CT scan, you're getting one to 10 MSV. That's the levels of radiation in your body. Again, x-rays, 0.1. It's like going 10 days of just naturally, you know, moving around. But with the uh, one to 10, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just studying this for myself and I'm sharing these things because I find it absolutely fascinating. So it's just, it's incredible. You're, so you're getting about a hundred, a hundred. And so, so when I got my CAT scan today, it's equivalent to you going out and being exposed um, for a hundred days. And then I read this, the range is not much less than the lowest doses of five to 20 uh, MSV received by those in Japan who are the survivors of atomic bombs. So is getting an x-ray something to be concerned about? Is getting a CAT scan something to be concerned about? Yes, it is. Try to avoid it and don't go breaking your bones. Be as healthy as you possibly can, avoid it. But then again, they were so instrumental in helping my doctors discover problems in my life. Now, when I was 
dealing with an infection in my body and they could not find the source of it. They didn't use the CAT scan or the X-ray. They didn't use radiation. They used the MRI. MRI does not use radiation. So I wish, and somehow maybe you out there in the medical field who are correcting me as you go along here, if there is a way to make the MRI uh, more affordable and have insurance cover those costs so that people can get you know, their diagnosis with the MRI, that would be healthier. It's all magnetic. There's no radiation involved. So again, I wanted to share these things with you because when you go in to see a doctor, you are signing things and you are acknowledging without reading everything um, and you're trusting the system. Be very aware of what is happening. Ask lots of questions. I truly believe the reason I am alive today is because I had parents who had faith in God and they asked a lot of questions. My dad was a journalist. He asked question after question, made the doctors think. We were very engaged. We didn't just go in and say, here we are, take care of us, fix us. No, 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 no. How are you going to fix us? Get the honesty out of them. And I promise you, you will get better results. And don't always rely on things that are approved by the system. And we could get into a whole nother podcast on that. For example, we're going to talk to my wife because I mentioned earlier that, you know, there are women uh, and men who use lipstick and they are absorbing by, you know, licking their lips, almost five tubes of lipstick every year. And by doing that, you're absorbing the toxins from that, the chemicals that are inside that lipstick. So it's just a matter of education and being aware of what is available to you. The fact is there are alternatives and my wife will be on to talk about those alternatives. There's so many things like sunscreen. Sunscreen has so many chemicals in it that actually you're, it's supposed to be preventing cancer. It actually produces cancer. And so we'll talk about some things that she has that are toxin-free that are actually very good for your body. And uh, I look forward to having her on the podcast. Anyway, we've interviewed so many incredible people. And uh, so this was a quick podcast, but I wanted to share those things with you. God bless you. You guys go out and have a beautiful, beautiful day. We'll talk to you soon. Cause you took my scars, bruises and one billboard pianist paul cardall do you believe in miracles and second chances over a decade ago i was raised from the dead read paul's story the broken miracle by jd netto visit thebrokenmiracle.com